best marketers sell a story and the best storyteller wins the customer and the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here, and we've got a very special, exciting guest today. Um, it's the guy that makes things happen, big things happen. I mean, come on, if you want to get married by the Pope or be serenaded by Elton John. I mean, those are, those are some big things. He helps people's lifetime dreams happen with his company, Bluefish, and he just wrote a book called Blue Fishing. Steve Sims, thanks for being on the show. Ah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, man. Oh, man. So, I, you know, you've got this book coming out, but and we've talked before, and you're a super cool guy. <laughs> Obviously, you've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of passion. And you don't take no for an answer, but where was the point? And just get started because you've got this essentially a, a high level concierge company, but there had to be that one point where you're like, oh, I can help someone do this. And you got into this business. Can you tell me about that? Um, well, I'm going to just make a, a quick correction. You said I don't take no for an answer. I don't ask a question which you can answer no to. <laughs> There's a big difference for a start there. Um, but how I got into this business was an uneducated bricklayer working on the door of a nightclub in Hong Kong. And all of that, all of that education or lack of it basically never gave me the, um, the luxury of fear because I didn't know you couldn't get into these things. So when people would say to me, Oh, there's a private party going on around the corner. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Then I'd walk around the corner. I'd be like, look, I got four VIPs. I know you start at eight o'clock. Do you want them there at 10 to eight or quarter past? <laughs> and I would just go in so confident, so cocksure, so um, delusional that I couldn't understand. Like, I could never understand lines. You know, you walk up to somewhere, there's a line to the right-hand side of people queuing up, and there's people walking through the front door. I was like, well, what's the difference? And the difference is a mindset. And if you walk up to the front door nine times out of ten, you'll just go straight through, and you'll you'll look back and you'll go, why did you select to get in that queue? And so I was always the guy that couldn't understand it. I was very delusional. I was also very ignorant to the fact that these were really flashy events. I never really bought into all the hype, and I've tried to avoid that ever since. And that's how it started. Uh, that's fantastic. And uh, so 
you do all these cool things. Tell me what what's your favorite thing that you've made happen? Oh, cheapest. Um, well, I'm very fortunate that 23 years later, we really get to cherry pick the clients that we work with. So the guy that wants to show off to his boss by, you know, scoring, you know, front seats at some kind of Victoria's Secret show or, you know, something like, it's not really our kind of thing. But the ones that come to us that start with, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this. And then you go, well, why? Because we ask why a lot. And you go, well, why? And they go, well, you know. Uh, and they're always a little bit timid to answer because most people, and I'm in the wish fulfillment business. You know, it's a luxury concierge. But when I get involved, it's the wish for, it's the big stuff. And they come to you and they go, oh, you know, I really like this. And they're timid to it. And you've really got to drag out of them why it's so important. And then it's like, well, my father used to sing me this tune before he died. Or, you know, I got married to this. Or I met my girlfriend when this happened. So I get to do the ones that have some kind of meaning. And I want to make sure that my clients wake up in a cold sweat, 2 o'clock in the morning, that they cannot believe they did this. And somewhere in their mind is going to be a – uh, you know, a 230-pound British ugly guy in the background, and they're going to be able to point at him and go, that was the guy that made it happen. So it's all those kind of things. I had a guy that wanted to go to an exclusive restaurant in Florence. Um, I actually emptied out the Academia Museum, set a table of six up at the feet of Michelangelo's David. Halfway through, I had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him. Wow. That was cool. That was cool, and it was expensive. But I also <laughs> had a client that for his 20th anniversary, recreated the first time he'd ever met his girlfriend, which is now his wife, and we set up a picnic down to the color of the rug that he first met her when he was in his teens, and with a hamper and a boombox to run DMC would have been proud of to really make the original meeting again authentic of how it was, a real time capsule of going back. And... That was like, you know, 1500 bucks. Most expensive thing was trying to find a bloody boom box that works still. Um, but that was one of the most impactful. So I like to work with the impactful, meaningful stuff, uh, not necessarily the most expensive. And, and that's great because it's, it, I mean, you've, you've made your money. Now, now you're doing stuff of significance and that's great for you. And I think that's really super cool. Um, but you know, you wrote this book. It seems to me, here's here's my take on it. I've talked to you a few times. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy, you know, he, he asks questions that you know, he asks the right questions. He knows how to do stuff. He's got the personality to do stuff. He's not afraid to do stuff. But you wrote a book, Blue Fishing: The Art of Making Things Happen. I, I don't see how ordinary people can make things happen. And I think it's important because I mean, it's about marketing. It's marketing to yourself. It's marketing other people. I, I don't understand how other people can do it. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, because that's crap for a start. I'm a bricklayer slash doorman slash never went to college kid. So you can't sit there and go, oh, Steve's more educated. Oh, Steve. I have fallen down on my ass and on my nose more times than most people are listening here. And that's how I got educated. You have no excuse not to be able to action any of the primitive, basic, basic, impossible to misunderstand tips in this book on how to get rid of people in your life that are sapping out the energy, how to build up relationships, how, I, how to brand yourself, how to improve your ROI on communication, how to get a yes 
how to get a no. Sometimes you want to know. You know, people are fine of getting a no. I never ask a question that you can answer the uh, question with a no unless no is the answer I want. And sometimes it can be the most powerful. So all of these primitive things are in this book. They're very easy to understand. Me and you know each other. We've chatted before. But if anyone out there doesn't know me, I am 230 pound of whiskey drinking biker. That's as primitive as you can get. Um, so you don't have an excuse. You read this at the at the back of every chapter that talks about, I did this at the Vatican, I did this with Elton John. I break it down into the tips of what I did. I give you a playbook on what I did. Forget the fact that it's a, a Vatican. Just think of it as a venue, and you can recreate it. You know, you've got a florist business. You've got a plumbing industry. You've got an accounting firm. You've got a legal firm. You've got an agency in Hollywood. There's no tier that these primitive elements can't make an impact. And that's why it's called the art of making things happen. There's an art to it, but if you don't do shit, it ain't going to get you anywhere. Yes, it, that, that's very true. I, I, valid points, too. It, it's, if you don't do shit, you, it's not going to get you anywhere. But you fall down, too, right? I mean, it, Oh, yeah. I mean, but don't be frightened to fall down. I, I, many times, and this is the thing about it, you know, your kid falls over, and you go, okay, get up, you know, and he gets up. Brilliant. The fight's not over when you fall down. It's when you stop getting up. And when you do fail at something, you've literally just learned how not to do it. You're ahead of the game because if you ever get anywhere near that element again, you can go, oh, I tried that before. It didn't work. I'll avoid that. I've often felt very sorry for people that have cruised through life, settling, mediocre, that have never failed at anything. Because it's when shit goes wrong that you know who you can rely on, what you're made of, how strong your foundations actually are, and you know when you come out the other side of that, you're actually tenfold stronger. Yep. Absolutely true. How, what, but, you know, we have to have – it's not just about getting up, though, right? You, I have techniques. You probably have techniques on what gets you back up. Where do you get back up when you decide – and when do you decide – hey, I need to get back up and go in that direction or I need to get back up and go in a different direction. How do you make those decisions? Because obviously you're moving fast. You're doing a lot of stuff to get these big names, to make these big things happen. But at some point you got to go, hey, that 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 door is actually a wall. Let me go around it. Or do you say, I'm going to go get a, a sledgehammer and break through that wall? Where, how do you make those decisions? Well, you know, again, you've got to try – and this all sounds very nice. You sit on the other end of a podcast and you go, no, you can do it. You stand up strong. The fact of the matter is sometimes that is a wall that's got a bloody tank in front of it as well and you can't get through it. Okay? So then what you do is you can always get through anything. You've just got to know how to, what to use to get through. If I'm getting resistance, getting hold of something, I will look into my network to find out who's got a similar uh, who's playing in a similar sandpit? Because if I'm working with one charity and they don't want to talk to me, I'll talk to another charity that I've done a lot of business with. I'll get them to talk to them. If I'm talking to a, a rock star and the rock star doesn't want to play ball with me, I'll get another rock star to call them up and go, hey, you may be getting a call from Steve Sims. Weird character, got a funny accent, but he actually does what he says he's going to do. So you don't have to be the one that goes through the door first. 
And I know everyone's going, oh, yeah, but you talk to rock stars. Again, remember, bricklayer. <laughs> so all I do is I research the people I want to communicate with. I find out what's in it for them. Never, ever, ever enter a conversation knowing what's in it for you and telling the person what's in it for you. You already know what's in it for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the call. So when you jump on the phone, it's a case of, Ian, my name's Steve Sims. Bear with me a second, but I know you're involved in this, and I want to talk to you about how I can bring value to it. I know you're involved in that charity, and I came up with a concept. I want to benefit this charity. Can I have a second to talk it through? Find that hot button, and within the first few seconds, tell them why you're on the phone. We know I'm on the podcast with you now to promote my book. You've mentioned the name. Thank you very much. But the simple fact is I need to give value to you. Otherwise, it's a waste of your time. And anyone out there listening just goes, oh, you know, it's just a bloody advert. The whole point of this is to tell people out there, stop overanalyzing it. Stop getting, stop, as Greg Reed says, stop letting your size of your butt get in the way of you going forward. <laughs> and quite simply, just do one simple thing to get you one step closer by making a phone call, researching on Google what they're interested in. Go that route. So, yeah, you may not be able to go through the front door, but that doesn't mean you can't go under it, over it, or around it. Yes. Uh, you said something that's it's just it's a constant tone with successful people and successful marketers and people that get stuff done that make things happen is providing value first. I mean, Zig Ziglar talked about you can get anything you want in the world by giving enough people what they want. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. But so many people have a hard time with this, especially in like trying to get stuff done. Why, why do you think so many people have that mentality and how did you get over that mentality? Um, I was luckily ignorant and delusional, so it just seemed to make sense to me. Um, <laughs> I am, I, I've said it a few times now, I'm a very primitive person. Um, and I've always kept things really simple to understand. I'm not authentic, I'm transparent. I am 100% what I am. I'm not an onion. There's no layers. This is as good as it gets. So it made no sense to me, logically made no sense to me, for me to ask something from you without, within the same heartbeat or the heartbeat prior, giving something to you. Because anyone now with, with you know, beautiful technology and with, you know, Googling things or whatever, it doesn't, it's not hard to get your foot into any door now. The trick is to be so irresistible they don't want you to leave. And that's where the power is. Uh, so uh, how, how do you – I mean, is it just doing research that you're so irresistible? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it your, your good looks? One, yeah, it's my son's good looks. <laughs> and anyone that's what, listening to this on podcast, I'm very similar to Brad Pitt. It's uncanny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I – you go on to the – okay, let's, let's pin it down. You want to get in touch with X, okay? This could be a businessman. It could be a superstar. It could be a local politician. Anyone you want to get involved in, get this thing called you know Google up or even on your smartphone. Start researching the person and start doing hobbies, charities, foundations. Start doing all these little words after the name. You suddenly find out he's an avid golfer and he plays at this club or – he supports this charity, or he collects chairs, or he likes fine wine, or he likes opera. Find out all of these things, and then go down to your local store and maybe buy a book. 
on that subject. Wrap it up in gift paper and send it to him. And one thing will happen is the secretary will get this book. She won't open it because it looks personal. Okay? He opens it up, and you open up the cover on this book, which is of an interest of his, and there's a tiny little card in there going, I didn't want to disturb you, but I wanted to give you value first. My name is Ian. Can we talk about X? If so, email me here. Okay? You know, just something like that, um, just to make a difference. Another great one, and this, this is really cheeky. I've done this before. Um, I was at a meeting, and this client, I couldn't get to the client that I wanted to chat to. And I knew he was into vintage Porsches. So I'd bought a magazine. My tip is to never spend over 30 bucks on anything, okay? Because uh, you're more creative up to that $30. I bought a magazine on vintage Porsche. And I was coming to this meeting with this magazine, okay? So I opened up the center of this magazine and I ripped out two pages, gave it to the assistant, said, give this to so-and-so. Tell him if he wants the rest of the magazine, he's going to send me a text or an email, and we'll get together for coffee. Two ripped out. This guy collects Porsches. He doesn't care about the magazine, but it was ballsy. It was creative. It was raw, and it just made him smile. And he went, I don't care about the magazine. I said, I didn't think you did, but I wanted to get your attention, and it worked. Now, I've got something I want to chat with you about that could help you with this, and in turn – I want this. So again, I make it very transparent right from the offset what I'm doing and why I'm there. That's great. And and, and that's fantastic. It's provide value, but be transparent. Uh, and it, to get a lot further, I get people and LinkedIn's the worst. I get people on LinkedIn that they will kind of like, yeah, they, they want to follow. Yeah, great, follow. And then all of a sudden you get this email and they go, I want to talk to you. Um, can we do Tuesday? Tuesday. They won't tell me why. So I always respond with one word, why? Now, I guess some people go, well, that's arrogant. You know, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, if you're going to be such a dick, <laughs> oh, you think you're so good. And then I'll get other people going, well, that's a good question. It's this. And then I'll respond with, I didn't want to be rude. I just wanted to be respectful of your time and my time to see if there was a fit. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, you know, this is not a fit. But hey, maybe this person is. Or great. Let's dedicate the time. Half hour is not going to be enough. Let's meet for lunch for an hour. So, but I will always ask, answer with a why. And I am stunned at how many people still get upset by just that direct response. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. They actually, I have had some people can I really get uh, irate at it. And it just makes me giggle. That's, that, I can't imagine. That just blows my mind that they're asking for your time and you, you ask why and they, they get mad. <laughs> yeah, they think, oh, you're just being arrogant. Oh, my God, you think you're the top of the tree. And they start throwing insults and I just, no, oh, that's okay. Then. I'm fair enough. <laughs> so you've got these, I mean, awesome techniques and, and you're getting better and better. And you say you're primitive, but I think these are, these are very advanced techniques uh, in the fact that they're just smart and, and you're a forward thinker. And you've gotten really good at this, and and your and your your brain works in a different way at this point, I think, uh, which is fantastic. But at some point, you, you've got to hit a wall, and it just didn't happen. Has that ever happened to you, or you just keep you've made it happen every single time when it comes to like someone's wildest dream? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I've never recognized those obstacles, so I am positive that. 
I've wanted to do this with this, and they've gone, no, that's not possible. And I've gone, well, okay, if that can't be done, what about that? Yes, that can be done. And I've always, I've always given my clients what they wanted, but it's only ever been 70% of what they've got. So in, in, the, in the situation of uh, Andrea Bocelli, client in, didn't even know Andrea Bocelli was coming into the dinner. You know, and that's an extreme situation. The client had enough money to be able to afford all of this. And I was confident in my relationship with him that he would pay for this. But he just wanted a local singer to serenade them during dinner. I just happened to go one of the greatest Italian singers in the world. So I try to go forward. And sometimes you get, oh, no, this, this really wouldn't work. Oh, okay. Or sometimes you think, well, I'm going to use that venue. And then you find out that the venue won't work. And you go, okay, that didn't work. But I want that style. Where can we replicate it? We can replicate it here. So you've got to be fluid in your movements, but I've never not provided the client with what he wants. Um, however, sometimes the venue, the artist, the talent, the structure may have had to be fluid during that construction, but I've never let anyone down. That's really cool. I, I think that that's an important thing too, is because it might not be exactly what you want it, but it's very similar and it's a lot the same result. And I think a lot of people, you know, they say, well, if I can't get it, I'm not going to have anything. And then they just stop. And so I, I think that's a, it's a great lesson for people to learn. So, Steve, what do you, I mean, you, you published this book. We've talked about, you know, we talked before, you want to influence people. You want to help them change. But really, you know, for someone that can help make anything happen and you've got a successful company and you know all these famous people i mean Elon Musk and and um, you know and i'm looking through all these pictures what do you want at this point in your life what what's your dream i i realized years ago there was a, a vast difference between rich and wealth and rich was your monetary and wealth was your mental and i realized that regardless of how much more money i had i was incredibly wealthy i've got gas in my tank I got whiskey in the in the uh, in the kitchen. My family are fed. My family are safe. I can keep the electrics on. I'm wealthy. Simple as that. Um, now I'm at a point where I'm not happy with the way people are doing this thing called communication. You throw something out on Twitter. You throw something out on Facebook, and you think you're communicating. You're actually yelling a message. Email the new phallic symbol. How many emails have you got? I got seventy five thousand. We're losing the ability to communicate, and I have three kids, and it terrifies me. It's, it's, a, it's a great adjuster. When you haven't got kids, hey, you're in it for you. When you get kids, you try not to, but your perspective changes. And I'm now looking at these kids, and I'm going, well, hang on a minute. My boy's dejected because he only got 20 likes for a pair of sneakers he put up on Instagram. You know? Gives a shit. You can't pay your bar tab with Facebook likes. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually out there now doing a lot of speeches with, uh, with youth and with entrepreneurs. And the beautiful thing about entrepreneurs, I've met 16-year-old entrepreneurs and I've met 70-year-old entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurism doesn't have an age category. And that's why I absolutely love that. And I love to be able to get out there and I go, right, email's dead. How are you going to communicate? Your relationships when was the last time you spoke to that person? Where is the strength in it? Who saps your energy? I want to go out there and hopefully be able to impact people's businesses to refine them. And it's that refining 
that can actually make them better for, for, for the growth, for the, for the, uh, for being happy because yeah, we want to make money in a business, but we want to be happy. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on. I'm trying to build you a beautiful business as Joe Polish says, elf business, uh, easy, lucrative and fun. That's the ultimate. Yes, that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate. Um, and, and, and I think you're a perfect example of, you know, you, you did, was your business hard to grow? I mean, or was it, did it just work right away and you started getting clients? Well, I didn't know it was a business. Bearing in mind, I was a doorman in, in uh, Wang Chai, Hong Kong, and I was just letting rich people in, hoping that one day I'd get a job with them. And my way to get engaged with these people was to become the man that knew where to get stuff. Um, so I was very delusional for about the first three or four years, building up these, these network and these amazing events, and actually now flying around all the key events, um, trying to hang around and build up a, a, a Rolodex of all these great people. It wasn't until I suddenly looked at this, it was my wife that went, hey, look, you're trying to get a job. We, we haven't missed a rent payment. You know, we've got a new car. You know, look at what you're doing. <laughs> and we were like, oh. And then we do what every entrepreneur does when they start to monetize what they're good at. They fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm making a million dollars at this. Let me go do something else. Let me see how well I can screw this up. You know, that's what entrepreneurs do. And then there were these websites and there was these, um, I remember that uh, you were really important if you had a big list of board of directors and advisors. And then I've got these advisors going, yes. And I was like, well, hang on. He's like, yes, I was the CEO of this. What do you know about luxury concierge? Nothing, but I was, and I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. I was the Irish lad that always asked why. So I would be happy to consider having a board of directors if I saw value in it. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I didn't see value. So I was the kid, you know, the, 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 the king's clothes or the emperor's clothes, I think you call it here. I was the kid that went, what the bloody thing's naked? And everyone's going, oh, you need a big office. I couldn't see those things. I remember, I'll tell you one story. This will tell you how brilliant I am at marketing. Um, so I, we had this website built when we decided to launch Bluefish, and it was back in the 90s, so it was the usual kind of $30,000 for some kid that understood these things called HTML and Linux codes to produce like three pages. Um, and I had an interview in London where they were talking about some of the stuff we were doing because we were doing a lot of Monaco Grand Prix for Ferrari and stuff like that. And this woman sitting there interviewing me over breakfast TV. She said, and Mr. Sims, you're so exclusive. You don't even have a phone number on your website. <laughs> and I sat down. I'm kind of like nodding. I'm kind of like, yep, that's right. We're that exclusive. <laughs> I got off that couch and went into the green room, and I was like, yeah, I forgot to put the phone number on the website. <laughs> so, But the funny thing is that worked for us. And even now today, I know, 10, 10 edits of the website, and we're actually just about to release a new version of the Bluefish website, we've never put a phone number on there. So what was a flaw in our marketing became a calling card. Love it. I love it. Um, it, it that's a gr uh, really cool story. So uh, um, how did you grow Bluefish? Was it just word of mouth? Yeah, it was. I always had an idea because everyone was always trying to can I market to a thousand people. I was trying to market to one. So I am incredibly focused. I'm a laser. 
I look in the magazine, I see someone's got promoted, I see that they're in an industry that you know could do with some fun and they've got the resources, I congratulate them on their new job. And I will congratulate them maybe four weeks later than that posting, so I've avoided all the insurance salesmen. <laughs> and I will say, hey, congratulations. I see you're new in the area. You came in from Ohio. Um, I like Ohio. Or, you know, maybe I don't. I may say, been through Ohio. I didn't see what it was all about. You know, I will make a comment and then say, look, but you're local now. We're a concierge. It's my job to know where stuff's going on. If you feel there's a need or a desire or you just want to chat, reach out to me. And I will do that. And then you may follow up a little bit later if you really want to get a hold of them and go, look, there's a, a cocktail mixer going on. It'd be love to be great to welcome you into the area. I focus on that one person. Do you know something beautiful? If you get one client and you do a good job with that client, there's nothing better than someone saying something wonderful about you. Now you can do an advert, you can do a TV commercial, you can do all of that, and I do. I'm on. I've got a lot of media, um, especially with the book coming up. I'm on TV shows. I did a Forbes article the other day. This is all great. Nothing's better than just today, and I told you about it earlier. Just this week, I had Jesse Elder, Hal Elrod, and then today, Sir Elton John posted and plugged my book. Now, I don't care what media I do over the next few weeks. Nothing's going to be better than those standard of people promoting what you do. So get other people to say good things about you. And it's credibility, validity, that's perfect. You talk about it, it's advertising and self-promotion. Well, you didn't even know that our primary uh, service is actually capturing those videos of people saying good things about people. <laughs> so thanks for promoting. And there you go. I didn't, within that better, I didn't know that. So you hadn't paid me to do that. So no, there's, nothing, there's nothing better. I don't, and I've tried it. You know, I'm sitting here now, hand on heart, telling you I've tried the radio adverts. I've tried the uh, Facebook posts. I've tried the advertising in magazines. And at the end of the day, if you advertise in a magazine, uh, well, magazines are desperate for money. But if you advertise anywhere, you can be anywhere from like a thousand bucks to fifteen thousand dollars. OK, there is so much better to do with a thousand dollars to get you 10 clients that then refer you to 20. Because all you've got to do is find up your clients and go, hey, if you're happy with what I do, I just wanted to let you know I've got space for two more clients. If there's anyone in your circle that you think would benefit from what I do, please let me know. If you've got 10 clients, they've just told 50 people about you, you've, you've now just ended up with another 20 clients. Yeah, that, and, and especially if you have a high-end service, for most of us, that's a, that's a big, big jump. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you there. And I, I don't like to do that, but I'm going to. Oh, that's fine. Um, it doesn't have to be a high-end business. My printer, I actually said to my printer, try it. And so he went, yeah. He's like, no, I advertise it. I said, no, no, no. Just have someone jump on the phone or do a text, not email, a text or a little um, uh, a video uh, and put it on an SMS message. Send it to your clients going, I hope you're happy with the work I'm doing. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be paying the mortgage. So firstly, thank you. However, two of our corporate clients have now moved on and they've moved out of the area. We're open and we have some space. If you know anyone that would like to work with, with us, 
please send us, send us uh, an introduction or something like that. He did it. And it works because it's simple and it's impossible to misunderstand. And again, there's nothing better than talking to someone that already likes you. Oh, that's a, that's a great, great tip. Um, and I was going to ask you for your best tip from blue fishing, but that's a good one. Unless you want to give us one more. Well, that one's not too shabby, but um, I do like, I will hang on the, uh, the SMS messaging. Um, I hate email. You send out, you know, we got a massive email list and it's bollocks. You send out a huge, great email list and it suddenly gets opened up by 10% and then 5% click through to it. It's useless. You put a little video on a smartphone and then you SMS text that to anyone. Here's the question. When you open up your phone, at the bottom of the phone, you've got 50 emails. But when you got a text, you got a little button up on the top left-hand corner showing that you got a text. What do you answer first? Definitely the text. Never heard anyone go, oh, I go through my 200 emails first. No, you go through a text. Even better is if you've got it in your hand and you do the video, it pops up on the front of your phone with a picture of you talking and they go, oh, what does Ian want? And they push it. And now they've got some visual interaction with you. They can hear your tone. They can hear the passion. You imagine if this podcast now was just a typed message between us two. (laughs) We'd have had most people turn off. They wouldn't have heard your energy, your passion. They wouldn't have heard my cool Texas accent. They wouldn't have heard (laughs) this. I I thought you were from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I moved. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, uh, you know, here I got a couple personal questions for you. you. You said you were going to get tacos the other night. Did you get tacos, and how good were they? <laughs> I did, and they were lovely. They weren't too shabby at all. <laughs> and and you love motorcycles. You love them. What What's your favorite motorcycle to ride? Oh, God. Um, I'm a spoiled little bugger. I collect motorcycles. Um, I, got, uh, I got seven of them. I'm actually doing this here from the garage because the best – the best audio is here because of all the rubber and the bike parts. It, it stops the reverb, so it's good. Um, each one of my bikes is very different. So I've got my Ducati race bike, which can do 170 mile an hour. I haven't gone over that and scared <laughs> the pants out of me. And then I've got a vintage 1975 Norton that's called the Duchess that never goes over like 55 mile an hour. So each one of them gives me a different experience and a different emotion. And I don't ride the bike for the bike. I ride for what it does and gives me. So each one's different. That's that's really cool. Um, Steve, Steve Sims, it's been awesome talking to you. And Blue Fishing is the new book, The Art of Making Things Happen. Just came out. Definitely. I mean, we all need to make things happen. That's what marketing is all about is making things happen, getting a new business. Thank you so much for the great advice. Thank you for the awesome stories. Thanks for just being super cool. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to Steve and I and taking us on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.